Welcome, welcome everyone back to the Jules Just Vibes podcast. I am your host, Jules, and as always, we're here to just vibe. We're vibing a little differently today. I have a guest with me. Say hi, Tracy. Hi. Everyone, I would like to introduce you to Tracy, who is the host of the Rising in Popularity. I use that aloud, actually. Rising in Popularity (laughs) podcast, Cause of Crime. You're two kinds. Yes, that is me. I know all things true crime. She oh, does. I learn. I learn. I've learned so much since I started. So I'm here to be your fountain of knowledge of what I know. Yes, especially for this episode today. It we're really gonna need to dig into your true crime knowledge because personally I only have some minimal knowledge about it. Um, but I know you've specifically done a podcast episode on it um, on co- on your podcast, cause of cause of crime. I'm gonna keep uh, I'm gonna keep plugging pro- pro- plugging like, that. Yeah, plug plug. <laughs> um, and so that's the main reason that you're here is because this episode today is about the Casey Anthony doc that premiered on Peacock. Yes, and. My thing is, I when I did mine, I had to be very neutral because if I wasn't, anybody that knows me knows I'm very passionate, and this is a hard one. Mm-hmm. So buckle up, buttercups. <laughs> well, don't worry. I'm giving you free reign to be as passionate and vocal about your opinion on this one as you want to be, um, because here at JJV, we give all the facts with a touch of bias. Um, so. Before we move forward, I am just going to preface this review that through my own research and the information that I have gathered, I have gained an opinion about Casey Anthony. I have an opinion about her case, about her as a person, and about this documentary. So even with all of that, I will try to stay as objective as possible with this documentary as I can. But this was actually a really hard review to write. Because on the surface, it's just about an acquitted woman telling her story about what happened to her late daughter. But Casey Anthony is an iceberg. There's so much more to it than meets the eye. And after 10 years, one has to ask, why now? So I gathered all my strength. I checked my anger at the door. I grabbed my best friend, Tracy, and I sat down and watched the Casey Anthony Where the Truth Lies documentary so you don't have to. God, you're so good. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I feel like I'm like watching someone that's like, like professionally does this. It's, I, I have like, a, it's, it's my writing experience, I feel. Ooh, girl. Um, so first, let's talk about who Casey Anthony is. Um, I think a good descriptor is probably close to one of the most hated women in history. Wouldn't you agree? A hundred percent. At least in my book. Um, so actually, let it, let's backtrack even more. Let's go ahead and just preface. Did you watch the documentary? Oh, yes. I made myself sit through it for you. Yes, you did. But but I will say that, pre, like, bleh, I will say prior to this that I had to stop it. Like, I went to watch it by myself to see what 
all the fuss was about, mm-hmm. I had to stop it because I could not get through it. So I made myself watch it this time around for you. I too watched it in bits and pieces. It is very difficult. And I will get into that more into the review, but it is difficult to keep watching because the message that they're trying to send is very clear and it is different from, I think, what's being promotionalized in the whole review. So that's, uh, that's all I'll say on that for now. But here's what you need to know about Casey Anthony. Casey Anthony was a mom to Kaylee Anthony, a beautiful two-year-old girl who lost her life too soon. 31 days after Kaylee went missing, chaos broke and the news of her disappearance skyrocketed. All anyone in the world wanted to find was this little girl. Well, almost anyone. In an interesting twist that's still discussed to this day, Kaylee's mother, Casey, who's been sitting on this news for 31 days, is indifferent, stoic, and calm. All things you would not assume a new mother would be feeling. Sadly, after months of searching, Kaylee's remains are found, giving a sorrowful ending to her story and a new charge against Casey. After six weeks of trial and 10 hours of deliberation, Casey was found not guilty. This case is still a hot debate to this day over 10 years later, and after her trial, Casey sat down and had her first on-camera interview to tell her story. Peacock so graciously made a three-episode series, and I'm here to break it down for you. But first, our rating system. I'm going to be rating this documentary on a scale of 0 to 10 based on the main focus of this documentary, bullshit meter, do I feel empathy or believe her, how much I want to punch a wall every time someone says that's not the Casey I know, (laughs) and does it change my mind? How do you feel about that rating system? I actually just giggled when you said bullshit meter because that made me really (laughs) happy. And the punch the wall one is right up there too. So like this is how she, how the this should be judged because if we're judging on anything else, it's just not gonna add up. Exactly, and like I said, these these ratings are based solely on the opinion I already had created. And I would love to say that this documentary helped me gain new perspective, but it really didn't. Um, and so <laughs> that's, the, that's the only thing that I can say about that is like, there's nothing else that I could say about this documentary in these ratings other than those three. I think it really just solidified what we think is right. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I also have a fun sub-mention of how many times Kay- Casey mentions Kaylee's name. Uh, and I also want to say that I'm no fortune teller, but I can see this documentary's future rating and it should be very afraid. (laughs) Yeah, I was, uh, I was writing it down. I was tallying it because when I watched another, um, video on somebody going through the documentary, um, Mm -hmm. they made the comment that Kaylee's name was not mentioned very often. And so I made a point to tally up and see just how many times she makes references to her child by name. That is incredible because now that you're mentioning it, like I'm watching it and I'm getting irritated and mad as I'm watching it. So I had to take little breaks like you did, but 
that is something that's the focus is on her. So like the fact that when you're saying this right now, that it wasn't mentioned, Kaylee's name wasn't mentioned very much. And she's the victim just shows that this was not about Kaylee at all. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is one of the major, um, one of the major things that's lost in a lot of things surrounding Casey Anthony um, when you look up other types of true crime stuff that is centered around her case, it's centered around her specifically as a person and is very rarely centered around Kaylee. And I think that's one reason I absolutely love Cause of Crime, your podcast, because your podcast always focuses on the victims. It never focuses unless it's the 10th episode and it's the serial killer ones, but it never focuses on the person that took that person's life. It's always on the victim. Those are so bad just because it's, I have to put myself in a different mindset because people want the information, but all I want to do is call them very vile things the entire mm-hmm. time. Like as a, a normal human being, as normal as I can get in my abnormal way, I can never imagine hurting another person. Oh, I like, completely agree. I I think to be able to get into the mindset of those killers is it it almost feels like like you try to create a sentence without knowing what the subject matter is. It almost leaves you speechless because when somebody asks you how or why, you're just like I I can't my brain physically can't work. I can't think about it. 100% and you know me I try to absorb myself into it and then Mm -hmm. I think that I'm okay and then the last one I did I was like okay maybe this is not okay I'm having nightmares (laughs) okay Um, yeah for those of you who are not listeners to cause of crime which I definitely urge you to the last serial killer um that she covered was Ted Bundy and that was over three parts right yeah it was over three parts (sighs) it was awful (laughs) Go if you're gonna ever listen to my show, listen to the the ones that matter because I just don't feel like that one matters as much. I hate saying that. No. Like I I the focus on those were so around Ted Bundy and not around the victims as much. So I hate those ones. But you know, I as I like say, just focus on the victims and like throughout this, let's focus on little Kaylee because she's the one that matters. Absolutely. And that is the perfect segue to get us back on track um, for this review. Um, So let's give a small breakdown of all three parts of the series before I go ahead and dive into those ratings. So part one is called Why Lie? Throughout Casey's whole time in the spotlight for this case, her name has become synonymous with lying. Once the police were finally alerted of Kaylee's disappearance, Casey quickly owned up that the nanny that took her child, that was a lie. Casey drove police to Universal Studios to show where she worked and again was found lying. The police also knew that she didn't work there and that ultimately led to the cause of her arrest. The police knew something was up and to this day, one of the lead investigators on the case believes Casey harmed her child. One thing I noticed immediately in this part, which I believe they touch on later, is that there is a gigantic shoulder tattoo that covers up a smaller tattoo um, that is very widely discussed about uh, Casey. 
Bella Vita. Mm hmm. Um, that Bella Vita tattoo was. She got that tattoo like a week or two after Kaylee's original disappearance. And it means beautiful life. And her whole demeanor throughout those 31 days. And she'll touch on it in the in the documentary and she'll she'll not have really any answers for the way that she was acting other than that she was being rebellious against her parents. But her whole demeanor across those 31 days was just parties, she got the tattoo, and she really gave off that she wasn't mindful at all that her child was gone. I will give some props to Peacock on this documentary. Going into it, I did think that they were going to try to keep their main message clear of humanizing Casey. I was left, at least in the first 30 minutes of the episode, eating my, fur- eating my words. Not only had they gone into full detail about the history, they have interviews from Casey's ex-boyfriend's roommate, that's a mouthful, one of which has visible anger about Casey doing nothing to help find her child. Do you remember that moment? Oh, yes, I do. Um, that earned a point in my book. I was quite happy because in Peacock's mind, I thought they were just going to focus on here's all the people that were on Casey's side. And this is her just telling her story about what happened. And here's all the people that back her. Definitely don't think that, like, this is my opinion, but I definitely don't think the Peacock did a bad job, but I don't think it was objective. I do think that they focused primarily on Casey and other people that, you know, sided with Casey more -hmm. than they did what should be really discussed, which was Kaylee. But that was one of the points that surprised me as well. I was happily surprised by that point. Mm -hmm. I, I, I know there's a lot more out there that could give us that insight as well mm-hmm. into Casey and the time where she wasn't looking for her little girl. That's true. I I do wish that we had more. It's almost like when you watch a movie and you're excited for like a prequel, you know? You want to know what happens before like a big battle. You know, it's almost like we need all the details of the night so we can understand and with casey all she does is lie and she builds on each lie and if you watch this documentary you're gonna see that from when she was charged to 10 years later you you're gonna see the evolution of her lies add Mm -hmm. up over time yep So we mentioned they had an interview of somebody who was visibly angry about the way that Casey did nothing. Um, But of course, immediately after they showed that interview, they moved on to other interviews, including ones with Casey, where they feed leading questions throughout like a Golden Corral buffet. So it's almost as if I ate my words and then I vomited them up right away because it was like, hey, we can show that we're objective, but also this is the main point of what we're doing. Casey's a good person, maybe. 
Yeah. Oh, girl. (laughs) No, she is not. And if you're listening to this and you think that Casey Anthony did not do it, I think you're wrong. I think that if your little girl goes missing, you're going to do whatever you can to find her. You're going to involve whoever you can. You're not going to go out and party. You're not going to get a tattoo while she's missing that says beautiful life. Sorry, it's not going to happen. If you're a good mother, you're not going to do that. I think that there, I think there's also um, some more evidence to support how ridiculous it is the way that she acted considering in the documentary itself it went into how well how good of a mother she was from the very beginning like she her friends everything whether or not they're lying or true I could believe that she probably was a really good mom because she carried her baby everywhere and all of that so where's the difference you know like that wouldn't just stop because you're in shock. Like, for sure. She was a really good mom until she decided she didn't want to be a mom anymore. Exactly. So, with those interviews, it's almost unpalatable to listen to because if you're aware you're talking to someone who has been a major liar their whole life, why in the world would you ask them questions with the answer in them? Just a little, little food for thought there. I have another mention here um, for the whole for the documentary as a whole, not just this one part. Um, one thing I wasn't a fan of is they often went on location to continue the interview, um, and I felt that that kind of like lost the integrity of it. Um, you know how they took her to Universal. They took her to the prison or jail where she was. I just think mm-hmm. doing that, it it was kind of like, I it didn't hit with me, you know? I 100% agree with that. I, I just think that was another bad move on the part of Peacock here. Yeah. It, it didn't make a lot of sense. On top of the, the way that the interviewer was feeding her questions like i that drove me crazy Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a big deal like after watching the first part of this documentary i think the picture is becoming like really clear on what they wanted this doc to be and they had set the tone in that very first episode and i think that you know what tone i'm talking about i think that's the only reason she agreed to do it Mm -hmm. to be honest with you that is the only reason she put herself in that position because this is her first time talking to anybody since the trial and i have some deep deep rooted very um toxic thoughts that i will stay after all of this um but i will go ahead and say i didn't mention it in this but peacock also has a documentary they did specifically about kaylee um i don't know if you knew that or if you've watched it i haven't watched that no um i just I found that interesting that they had it because the people that they interviewed for the Casey Anthony documentary were in, some of them were in the Kaylee Anthony documentary centered around her. So it's, it's very interesting, almost as if they have like a contract with Peacock. Yeah, that's a little convenient. I don't know. I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. All right. Part two. 
Part two is called Remembering. And at this point, while I'm watching, I have one major feeling. That feeling is I wish I could watch this in two times speed just to get it over with. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, like I said before, if you have an impression of someone and you know that they're a liar, someone who's lied their whole life for whatever reasons, when you listen to someone like that, it kind of feels like an anchor on your body, dragging it on, trying to get to the next point. And pushing past that feeling, part two dives into the day before Kaylee went missing. And Casey tells her story, allegedly the truth. Um, and an interesting part I wanted to call out specifically, when Casey is saying the whole time her father was instructing her on what to do, she states to check her phone records. And I thought that that was interesting to, to point out because you can kind of tell that she's trying to be this like pseudo detective and create, help create that narrative for what she is trying to say happened to Kaylee. The entire time. Absolutely. So it, even during part two, you can just feel the shift. It's not, it's not Casey telling her story of what happened. It's Casey telling you another story of what needs to like what she believes happened and who needs to be prosecuted for it. Anytime any anytime Casey opens her mouth, she's always blaming somebody else. Mm -hmm. And and that's what this entire episode was about. It was laying the groundwork so she could blame somebody else. Definitely. And she's so descriptive in it. Mm -hmm. And there is a point where I don't want to jump ahead of you or anything that, you know, the psychologist and the forensic psychologist talk and they say there's absolutely nothing wrong with her psychology, psychologically. Jesus, edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> and it just kind of opens your mind to, OK, you know, she's just a liar. Yeah. She, there's nothing wrong with her that makes her do this. And mm -hmm. that just goes back to her continuing to build on the lies. Because if this, and this is this is my point here, if this really did happen, why wasn't this talked about right after or during this entire, excuse me, entire trial fiasco? Yeah. If if she wanted to be this descriptive, why why not talk about it then? And now it's just like a pity party for her. Mm-hmm. I think she felt safe enough to hide behind her attorneys during the trial, felt safe enough to come out with the abuse allegations, and she felt safe enough to use that in court. And it is crazy to me that she felt safe enough to say all of that, but when you have an actual viable story, of Kaylee, it was a terrible accident. If you're going to use your dad, and we're going off the story of Kaylee fell into the pool, and there was an accident and a problem, that's very viable. It's possible that that can happen. And it is possible to say that that's the case. But I think here in this documentary, she is so hellbent on saying that it's, there was no accident that Kaylee died because of somebody's 
misconduct. And everywhere you turned in the documentary, they always had a they always had a reason for why something happened so that they could use it in the future. Like when she's talking about her abuse with her father, they would talk about how he would put a pillow over her face and almost try to like suffocate her. He, she said in there that he suffocated her several times. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sorry, my lying meter is just going off like ding, ding, ding. No. Well, let me ask you this before we get into part three. Do you believe the abuse allegations for her father? I do not. You do not? I do not. No. Do you believe the abuse allegations of her brother? That's... I'm unsure about. Okay. I, like I said, with all the lying, it would be hard for me to believe anything that she said. hmm So the brother has been backed up by witnesses. Yes. Like her ex, um, Jesse, I believe, Jesse Grund, um, was on the stand and testified to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm more apt to believe the brother allegations because that happened before anything happened to Kaylee. Yes. But the father was not mentioned. I think she's I think she's turning things to fit her agenda. And we know that Casey lies and she has been known to do that. Mm-hmm. So why would I believe her after the fact that she's coming out about this? I I, I that's just a personal opinion. You know, I am the type of person that does believe victims. I mean, if anybody knows me, they know that. But with this, there's just too much evidence against her. There's too much stacking up against her for me. I agree in that sense, but I will also counter my agreeance and say that the only credible type of evidence I have to support her father abuse, and this is solely because I think that Casey isn't smart enough to think like that many steps ahead, um, there was communication between her and her and an inmate at the jail that she was in and when she was speaking about it she was she was kind of like saying that she is getting these feelings and that she thinks that her dad used to do the same thing that her brother used to do and it felt very real it felt like all of the trauma kind of stirred that up because it's very possible like you know we're we're taught that trauma can be put behind subconsciousness as a, when you're a child to help protect you and when you're put in a situation um similar to jail where you feel very alone and you only have your thoughts that stuff can come out but that is the only credible thing that i can give my counter to my counter is she acted in this documentary as if she remembered all along what her father did to her. But that's, that's not true. Because her, her explanations of what she's saying of what her father used to do is based on things that happened in a time where she had very little memory or even like under, like truthful memory. She didn't even know if it was true or not. So that's my only thing about it. So I'm like half on, half in. I respect that. I do. I also disagree with you on one point. I think Casey Anthony is very intelligent. Really? I think I do. I do. I think she's very intelligent. Mm -hmm. I think that she goes about things the wrong way, but I do think that she thinks steps ahead. 
I do. And it's very possible that she could have understood that the writing and the letters that she was doing to the inmate were going to be used as evidence in the future. And so it's very possible that she decided, okay, if I say stuff like this, then I am corroborating this story that I'm making up. I think that's the type of person that she is. So I think that she's, you know, I don't have a good opinion of her. Mm-hmm. I never have, you know, since I covered Kaylee, you know, the only person that knows what happened to her is Casey and Casey yeah. refuses to tell the truth. Yep. End of story. And I think that we're never going to know. I think that um, when we move on to part three, I have very little on part three because at this point I was just so over it. But when we move on to part three and you're going to kind of get the understanding that it Casey doesn't want to just let this go. Like she's telling her story after 10 years, but you have to think about how long 10 years is and where we are in our life as, as a whole now, as like the world, because at the height of survivors coming out and speaking their truth, it is very easy to fabricate a story like that. And so I think that's something you've got to keep in mind. If we agree that Casey Anthony is as smart as she can be, and she is eight steps ahead at all times. She very well could have taken into account the state of the world when it comes to survivors, and she could have fabricated that story. I agree with that. It's like, it's one of those unknown things because, you know, you have your opinion, I have mine, but Mm -hmm. the only person that really knows the limits that she'll go to or what she was thinking is Casey. Yep. And I just, I hope that one day at least the grandmother knows what happened to Kaylee because Mm -hmm. do you remember the 911 call and her being on the stand where she just sobs? Yep. I think that is real. Oh yeah. And I, no one can convince me otherwise. Like that's real pain. I mean, you can hear the pain. So Mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine putting anybody in my family through that. And I honestly don't know how Casey lives with herself after what she's done. I think her the whole family and I I talk I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but the whole family just from day 1 it seems like there's been problems that need to be addressed. And it she she often explains it away by saying she learned by somebody else, which was her father. But I think that as a mother, you should know right from wrong. And you felt confident enough to not be in your home the majority of the time. So you were finding your strength. And it seems like you're obviously angry now. And you were probably angry back then. It's one of those things where it's like just stuff doesn't add up to the way that you're speaking about your demeanor as opposed to what actually was being shown. So I just, yeah, she doesn't have a lot of credibility and it makes it very hard to go to bat for her. So I don't, yeah, I I don't even know. (sighs) All right, let's get through part three and we can talk about the documentary as a whole. Part three is called What Remains. While the light of Casey's past trauma is being shined, the blame of Kaylee's death is also being shifted. 
The tone and picture they were painting in the first part finally comes to light and the true point of the doc is revealed. George Anthony, Casey's father and alleged abuser, gets put under a microscope as extreme accusations come to light in relation to Kaylee's death and also darker things you would hope never happen. And I just, I don't have any words after that. The accusations that Casey put on her father on top of like her physical abuse, she was saying that Kaylee was probably abused by her father. That, I, I can't. That was a new low for me. That was, a, like I said, if I would have went into this, I did, I tried to go into this with an open mind when I first watched it. I was like, maybe she's finally trying to give us something because she can't be charged again for the same crime. She can't. Mm-hmm. No matter what she divulges here, they, they can't charge her for the same exact crime. They may mm-hmm. find something else to charge her with, but who knows? Yeah. I was thinking maybe she would be honest about one thing, but going into this, she definitely was not. She just laid a foundation to spread more more things that backed up her agenda again. You know? Yeah. Making these accusations about Kaylee and her dad. That's horrendous. And not only that, she had excuses and she explained away everything. The computer um, that found the searches of chloroform. She explains that she was not the only one who had access to that computer. And that's why she wants you to check her dad's phone records as well. Because she says, I bet if you check at this time during his lunch or whatever, his cell phone pinged the tower near the house because he was the one that was on the computer searching for this. Jesus. It is, it's very much, it's very much a George hit piece, this documentary. Like, and I think that that is what outraged me the most is people looking for closure aren't going to find it in this documentary. Not even a little bit. It's going to make you angrier and angrier. And as Mm -hmm. people that, you know, absorb true crime content. For us to get this angry, you know, about a documentary and just even me, like, I can sit down and I can watch and watch and get all the information, but I couldn't sit through this in one sitting. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't do it because Casey has a great plan in her mind. The only thing that Casey cares about is Casey. Mm Mm-hmm. She thought that this documentary was probably going to put reasonable doubt in people's minds because the media crucified her mm-hmm. from the beginning. Well, it was interesting that you talked about the media crucifying her because not too long ago, the world got their taste of celebrity drama with a defamation case of Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard due to an op-ed piece that Heard had wrote. And throughout watching that whole documentary, um, I couldn't help think about how similar Casey and Amber were. So with this doc and also that trial, extreme accusations were made without much evidence to back it up. And all throughout the doc, I'm left feeling that way as when I was watching the trial. I was confused and I was outraged. That is a great comparison. 
And, you know, I watched the coverage of that trial from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people did. Watched it every single day. But I never really put the pieces together. But they're they're really so similar. Mm -hmm. It's Amber speaking about how this massive, massive physical abuse happened to her without being able to really prove it. And it's Casey talking about how all of this abuse happened, and that's most likely who killed her daughter. Now, of course, the cases are different. Defamation is way different than murder. But it's both women screaming to the world to be heard and pointing the finger at these men because that's what the world is these day and age. We listen to women. And if there's one thing that the trial of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard helped, it was, yes, we need to listen to women, but we don't need to believe all the women because there are women out there that are very vindictive. And I think that that's Casey's MO. 100%. And, you know, you put it in such a way that I can't really even add anything to that. You know, everyone has the potential to be a victim of a crime, Mm -hmm. you know, man or woman. And just like men can lie, women can lie. Yes. And Casey Anthony is a great example of that. And she she did it without she she lies without hesitation. Her lies are so. Are so natural, like with the nanny, like, by the way. The nanny took the kid. And it's not even a let me think about what that nanny's name is. It's, oh, my nanny is this. Oh, this is where she lives. And might I add, there's a there's a friend of Casey's in this documentary that it tries to be like, all of her lies have truth inside of them. Because that she knew a Zenaida. She took people to that apartment complex. I used to live in that apartment complex. And it's like, lady, I get that what you're trying to do is make her out to have, like, truth within a lie. But I don't think you understand that that's what all pathological liars do. Literally every single pathological liar puts beads of truth in their lies so that you have reason to believe them. And they can remember what lies they told you. Mhm. 100% agree with that. The I said this before. I think she lies and lies and lies until she can't lie anymore because when they went to her workplace in Orlando, mhm. They're like, "You don't work here." And she literally smiles at them. Yeah. They before they question her again. Like she knew yep. she didn't work there, but she took them there. The, they that's knew a scary individual yeah that's what <laughs> like, that's what i'm saying they knew she knew all of them knew but she kept going with it and then smiled after that's a scary woman that is a mm-hmm. scary woman we do not know what she's capable of i mean well i i i think i know what she's capable of i think we all do mm-hmm. but so my knowledge on the case and trial of casey anthony i touched on it's on par with someone who is a casual true crime watcher. And I am definitely not immune to the judgments that we can make on people. 
This doc, I think, though, does a really good job of what I believe it set out to do. It shined a light on Casey and made sure to show all the emotions that she was feeling. Often, the documentary would pause on Casey to compose herself. They would have Casey look at old photos of Kaylee, have Casey travel to different places, which, like I said, I hated, and including where she was incarcerated during her trial, and have her emotions show. And I think that was because Casey was emotionless throughout the whole trial and the whole 31 days that her kid was gone. One of the jobs that this documentary was made to do was show that Casey wasn't an emotionless shell of a human. They didn't convince me. Did they convince you? I think it's easy to be more emotional now than it would have been back then. And it, I'm not saying that the emotion is correct. I think that her emotion could have been directed in a different sense of just it was the situation and not necessarily because she missed Kaylee and not necessarily, you know, they, I'm going to go ahead. They had a moment. Apparently, I think they did this on purpose. They filmed this when part three came out on Mother's Day. And they specifically went in and were just like, you know, Mother's Day is always hard, you know? And it's like, they're, it's so clear. It's like a chess game, but you can see all of the moves that the other person is trying to make. They very, very much, like, it was very thought out. It was, a, it was very, like, motivated. And so that's the only reason that I think, like, while I can understand that there is emotion tied to the situation, I don't think it's the right emotion. I would believe her emotion if I could believe anything that ever came out of her mouth. Mm -hmm. I think that she's way too calm, cool, and collected. Just with her history of lying, like you said, like she responds immediately. Like she has mm -hmm. the name in the nanny. Like she, she doesn't hesitate at all. I think that she can also put on a show. Yeah. I think that was exactly what that was. Like, it, it was calculated. It was a show. Calculated. That's the word I was trying to use. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you have me. Yes. Perfect. Man, it's, it's interesting having somebody else here to kind of, like, help you out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've mentioned it before, but I think the other job this doc had was to get you thinking about George Anthony and his involvement in Kaylee's death. It is a hard right turn from Casey telling her truth to Casey demanding her father own up to everything he did. The massive accusations throughout this whole documentary are really hard to swallow. And the only opinions that I feel comfortable talking about are A, George Anthony is kind of creepy, and B, the whole Anthony family is fucked up. And then lastly, and most importantly, C, something happened to that little girl, and every single person in her corner failed her. Whether it was the grandfather, the mother, the grandmother, or anyone else, there were so many things that were overlooked by so many people. And that was the failure of the family. I 100% agree. Ooh. Oh, man. All right, we're getting okay. Yeah, we're getting under the ratings now. <laughs> oh, I'm ready for this one. <laughs> um, so on our rating scale, we were talking about the main focus of the documentary, the bullshit meter, how much I wanted to punch a wall, and then overall, the does it change my mind. 
So the main focus of the documentary, I'm going to go ahead and rate it a 3 out of 10. Because if Casey hadn't gone in on trying to be a detective about her father, as well as answering, yeah, that is weird that I have no emotion. It's less tell my truth about what happened to Kaylee and more this is this was my past and this is why I am the way I am. And then just pair that with the disgusting discussions about Casey's father and his abuse towards Kaylee. And it's I just can't even anymore. No, I'll be nice and I'll give it a one out of ten. <laughs> wow, a one. That's me being kind. She had told me before we were recording that everything was going to get a zero out of ten. Well, <laughs> technically, I said negative like three hundred. That's but true. I didn't yeah. think he wanted me to give negative numbers, so I <laughs> wouldn't be surprised if he heard some zeros on down the line. But definitely <laughs> a solid one out of ten for this one, just because mm-hmm. Peacock did produce this. Yes, but and I, I there were some points that I did like, you know, like the ex calling mm-hmm. out Casey. That yes. was something that I liked. If they would have shifted the focus to be more neutral, it would have been better. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. I think the like I said, the shift from Casey telling her story to just being so angry at George, I think it just jars. On top of the stupid oh, yeah. on location shit. Like Yeah, that was that was an entirely dumb move. And Peacock, come on, you can do better. Exactly. Do better, Peacock. Be better. <laughs> All right, bullshit meter. Now you're gonna probably be really mad about me or mad at me for this uh bullshit meter. Oh but... my god, if it's not a zero out of ten. <laughs> well, here's so here's my thing. Uh, zero is no bullshit. Ten is full oh, bullshit. Okay, ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. <laughs> I'm gonna rate the bullshit meter a five out of ten, and this is why. Oh my God. This is why. In the age of Me Too and understanding that in the early 2000s it was absolutely difficult for a woman to come forward about abuse, and even harder to come out when it's abuse within your family. I just want to state here. Um, that I am not accusing Casey of lying about her abuse history, but I'm also not ruling out um, any of like lying. And then I also am not ruling out that George abused Casey. I just think it's very, very much a huge, huge, huge like talking point that was never mentioned. And so it was hard for me to give a 10 max bullshit because I, I, as a progressive woman, in 2023, I felt icky, at least not entertaining the idea that it could happen. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> but I do agree. If it, was, if, if it wasn't for the abuse allegations, it definitely would have been full bullshit. Like full 10 out of 10 bullshit. Here's the thing. And I, I mean, I've went over this. My rating on the bullshit meter is a 9 out of 10. And that little one, that little one is just in case she's telling the truth. Oh, look at you. you she gets softy. a one. No, <laughs> she gets a one because that's how confident that I am that with everything that we know about Casey Anthony leading up to this, mm-hmm. nine out of 10 things that she has said have been lies. Yes. I agree. So that's, that's why, you know, I, I advocate for victims. That's what I do. Yes. You know, maybe she is a victim. And if if she is, I'm really sorry for what she's went through. Mm-hmm. But how can you expect me to believe that you're a victim when you're going through all this detail all of a sudden 
And, you know, previously you didn't remember if your dad did that to you. And those memories can be unlocked. I don't know. You know, I can't put myself in her shoes. Mm -hmm. I just, with all the information that I have, if she's went through that, I'm really sorry. But as far as it being bullshit, it seems like this entire documentary was lined up and calculated to fit her agenda. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. And that's why I think I gave it more of a median answer. Because while I don't believe or agree with a lot of what the documentary said, it was difficult to not at least acknowledge that it there is some truth to it, if possible, especially because the abuse from her brother happened. And here, I'm going to yeah. say here, my toxic, my toxicity is about to come out. I'm going to say some very toxic, possibly misogynistic things right now. But I think that it's something that we're probably all thinking when I was watching the documentary. It's very difficult for me. And I know that this happens, but when it's somebody like Casey, who is a pathological liar, it Casey Kaylee's birth was driven from rape, apparently, allegedly. She was raped. And then she had her brother and her father molesting her the majority of her life. It's just hard to see the progression and to to uh, to believe that you know because she is just now bringing up that Kaylee's father raped her at a party when she was drunk when even in like all the interviews everything until like right now she's mentioned that she's known who Kaylee's father is they used to date and he had died in a car accident or like an accident, right? Mm-hmm. It's because Casey wants to be seen as the victim. She she wants you to see her as a victim. That's mm-hmm. what this entire thing was. And, you know, I do believe, like we've mentioned earlier in this episode, that I do believe the allegations against her brother were true. Mm-hmm. Because she talked about that way before any of this came out yeah. with Kaylee. But on her father, I just am not as apt to believe because it seems like she's trying to get stuff to fit her agenda. And her stories are ever changing. Mm-hmm. Just like in, like you just brought up in all of her previous interviews, it's never been that she was raped. And I just... I, I want to be the person that always believes the victim, mm-hmm. but everything that we have had about Casey Anthony tells us that she is not a victim, that she's a murderer. Yeah. So I'm going to say that right out because that's where, the way I feel. But, you know, if she did go through that, I'm really sorry, but I also don't believe anything that she says. Yeah. It's, it's very tough to want to be progressive, but also to know someone's personality and to know what they're capable of and even though she's acquitted of the charge of killing her daughter and like tracy said she can never be charged with that again which is very unfortunate because if new stuff comes out which it probably won't because the body was so decomposed to the point that they're never going to be able to find a an actual finite cause of death They talked about how there was chloroform in her system and they've tried to explain away 
that it's basically cleaning supplies in the trunk of her car that could have been the chloroform. And it's just the whole the whole thing is always let's explain it away. We're explaining it away. Like this is why. And it's all circumstantial and it's all just it's all there's an excuse for everything. Exactly. And so that's also what makes it really difficult to to believe her because not only is the is she portraying emotion but i feel like she's also when it comes to this stuff she's i don't want to say portraying the wrong emotion but it almost feels like the wrong emotion from what we're used to there's a lot of anger in casey's like persona in her in her feelings so when she mentions that she was raped by kaylee's father it's not a matter of sadness or embarrassment or just upset she's angry that it happened or just in it's a demeanor that we're not normally used to in women victims so i think it's just pay attention to the to pay attention to the demeanor of the alleged victim and i think that that speaks volumes 100 percent agree on that (laughs) all right um after the bullshit meter is how much I want to punch a wall. <laughs> um, this rating better be high. It I is a 10 out of 10. <laughs> it was a 10 Thank out of 10. You. The magnitude of what was said in relation to how I felt was really huge. And if I was stronger or a white man uh, named Kyle with an inability to process my extreme emotions, I probably would have <laughs> multiple holes in my wall. <laughs> no, that was I just a nice made one. me giggle. <laughs> that was a really nice I did one. not expect that one. <laughs> Shout out to all the Kyles who punch walls. <laughs> what about you, Trace? Oh, can it be higher than 10? Of course. All right. I give it a, um, you know, a million times rating. Mm-hmm. Um, no. If we're going one one to ten, well, zero to ten is the scale. I, I give it a, a solid ten because mm-hmm. there is just it's so this whole thing was cringy. Yeah, if you're asking me, and it just seems like lie after lie, pity party after pity party for Casey mm-hmm. when the real focus should be Kaylee because Kaylee is the one that would have been seventeen years old, and she got her life ripped away from her. She isn't able to live. That's a really good point. Pointing, like, saying how old she would have been now. Like, it is, it's very important to, to talk about that. Like, she would have been 17 in 2023. That's how. Well, her, she'd been 17 at the time this happened. She'd be 18 in August of That's 2023. Right. That's right. Um, But just think about that. You know, I have younger siblings that are younger than her and crazy like it to think that someone's life was taken so soon that's the real sadness what killed me is in the beginning they were asking like prompting casey to say how kaylee would be now and casey said oh she'd be a badass yeah Mm -hmm. she would if she would have gotten the chance to live yeah you know she'd be getting ready to probably go off to college Mm -hmm. she never got that opportunity and that's because of one individual maybe Mm -hmm. two possibly two if if we're being if we're being you know erring on we don't know but yeah if we're erring on the side of what 
is most viable and possible, which I believe is like an accident that happened, then George and Casey are both to blame. But if, like, I don't know, because they try to, they, they, the way they steer it in the direction of the father is so huge because even the brother mentioned, like, he wouldn't even listen to us when we told them how our dad used to get rid of our animals, like the ones that would pass. And they mm. were saying that it was it was the exact same way that Kaylee was bagged up and dumped it was the exact same way that their father used to dump their childhood pets. And what's crazy now that you're mentioning like George. So George and Cindy sat down and did an interview like so if you remember back when the trial was happening George and Cindy were asked like do you think that Casey killed Kaylee Mm -hmm. and they said no adamantly absolutely not Mm -hmm. Cindy even like covered for her on the chloroform search Mm -hmm. saying that she was trying to search like a a plan or something Mm -hmm. but so they did an interview like a couple years ago before all this came out and this documentary came out on Peacock and the interviewer asked George and Cindy again, do you think that Casey killed Kaylee? And George changed his mind this time. And Cindy was right there with him saying, we think an accident happens, but -hmm. that Casey is responsible. Interesting. So it's like another change. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, I, I we don't know who to believe at this point, but I, the only person that I care about out of this entire scenario is Kaylee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the rest of them, like you said before, every single person failed her. Yep. Every single person in her life failed her for her not to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. It is very unfortunate that the questions that the majority of the public had I don't think were answered in this documentary because one of the main questions, which was the name of the second part, or I apologize, the first part, it was called Why Lie? Nowhere in there did we get a concrete answer to any of it because she just explained away like how it was weird that she wasn't showing emotions until later where she says that she was just doing what her father was telling her. She's always looking for someone else to blame. She's always, she always has an excuse for everything. And that's a trend with liars. Yep. All right, let's move on to the last and most important rating. Does it change my mind? So at the surface of this documentary, if I had no knowledge or any outside opinions, I would give this documentary an 8 out of 10. I think that if I had no no type of feeling about the case or anything, I think that the documentary would have been very successful in helping humanize Casey. That being said, I have a lot of opinions and I have a lot of knowledge about it. Well, a decent amount of knowledge. And I'm going to go ahead and say that my rating for this documentary, Changing My Mind, is a solid 2 out of 10. What about you, Tracy? zero out of ten nice with and 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 it's because i can't i can't err on the side of you know going into it knowing nothing Mm -hmm. because as soon as i started looking into this case 
there's just so much yeah. and there's so many lies and like as we went through this I've voiced my opinion and on and on and on and on about it you know I always want to believe a victim but I think the victim here is Kaylee mm-hmm. and this entire documentary with knowing what I know and that's why it was so hard for me to get through is because it's trying to portray Casey as a victim 10 yes. years later solid zero out of 10 and if I could give it a negative I would so that actually prompts me I I want you to tell my viewers for those who don't know who you are who don't um maybe they don't dabble in true crime I think it's very important to talk about some of the discrepancies that were in her story and some of the things that were found out at the trial and through the research of lovely true crime experts including yourself so if you want to take a little bit and kind of talk about the overwhelming evidence that points to Casey being at fault for all of this, and then we can let people make their own decisions. If you feel comfortable doing that, I would really appreciate it. I mean, there's a lot, so I'm not going to like go into everything because I hate giving half information, mm-hmm. but with the court trial itself, you know, they charged her before Kaylee's body was initially found. Okay, and there was a lot of back and forth, and I tried to, and this is why I tried to stay so neutral, because if I would have gone too much into detail on what I thought, I didn't want to taint anybody's mind. Mm-hmm. But, like, the chloroform, I mean, there were receipts from um, purchases that Casey had made mm-hmm. that had, you know, way before, it was, like, probably, like, a week after Kaylee had been missing Mm -hmm. that didn't have anything on them for a child you know and there was the smell you know do you I don't know if you remember that the smell of the car smelled like a dead body smelled like a dead body and the multiple family members stated that on record that it smelled like a dead body and every time they asked Casey about it she would come up with a different story the one they used in the documentary was that it was rotting trash. Yeah, and then there was another one where she said she had an animal. Yeah. So they found, like, a bag of trash in her trunk. Mm-hmm. But even when George went to pick up the car, because he had to go pick up the car, it was found, like, abandoned in a lot. I don't know if you guys know that or not. He went to pick up the car, and he was an ex, you know, he was an ex-cop so mm-hmm. as soon as he smelled the car he's like oh my god it smells like a dead body yeah because it's a very distinctive smell yes you know it, there's there's that and i mean there's the internet searches that were done which there was a lot of back and forth between that with different experts mm-hmm. you know but there was the, the thing that pointed to her the most was the lying yeah. Not reporting her child missing after 31 days. Yeah. I mean, you know, if she's this great mother and she cares so much about her child, if a nanny didn't bring back my kid, I would be livid. Exactly. And they tracked down this nanny, by the way. They did. I don't, I don't they know. did. I did not they, know that. They did. Yeah, they tracked down this nanny. So... Casey knew of this nanny, but this nanny had never watched Kaylee. Mm-hmm. Ever. Ever. Not once. Yep. So, 
she just used her name. Yeah. Immediately just used her name. The place that she was supposed to live isn't that apartment was vacant. Yep. Like it, it's all these things. I mean, if you go back to the, I can get on this all day, but if you go back <laughs> to the Orlando situation where she said she worked at Universal and she said she continued to work there, she took those cops there knowing that she was lying. Yep. That kind of gets you in the mindset. Casey's very selfish. Mm-hmm. She will lie until she can't lie anymore. What makes you think that she is not lying about this? That's a very good point. I think that that that's what I'm gonna leave that with. If you guys like, there's so much to it. There's really if if anybody's watched the court trial or any of the information regarding the court trial, you're you're gonna be completely swayed because there's just absolutely no way. If this was an accident, fine. But they know it was an accident. Mm-hmm. And they could come up and tell the truth. Yeah. Because we know for a fact, well, I know for a fact, you know, we don't know. You know, you can have whatever opinion you have. But I know for a fact that Casey is lying. Yeah. As to how deep her lies go regarding this documentary, I'm not exactly sure, you know. But no matter what, she is lying about Kaylee. That's what matters. I agree. And I think that it would have been really great for them to go more into detail into this documentary, but they made it a George Anthony hit piece. They had everybody... Like, even some police officers who were trying to now point the finger at George Anthony because of the way that he was acting. And there's there's some facts to the way that he was acting, to the way that a, vic- that a killer would normally act or somebody who has been guilty. Um, we saw it in the... Um, it was the very first episode that you did, Skylar Niece on Cause of Crime, where one of the girls that took part in murdering Skylar tried to help the police find out what happened inserted herself right into the investigation exactly and George Anthony did that so there's some facts to it but I also think that because he was a former cop it just came natural to him to want to be a part of the investigation because it was his family member it was somebody he loved very dearly and I find it very difficult to believe that Casey at all would have let anything happen to Kaylee that she is saying allegedly happened to her from her father, because the way that she laid, the way she laid it all out was that she was very protective of Kaylee and that she always made sure that they were never alone in the house together. And so for this one moment to happen, it it feels a little far-fetched. I 100% agree. I think it goes back to this documentary was to to build around Casey's innocence. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she's innocent. And if you do, you know, that's your opinion. It is. We have our opinions. And like I said in the very beginning, there's just opinions that have been gathered from the knowledge. Um, but feel free to watch the documentary if you can stomach it. And make your own assumptions. And I would love to hear you guys' thoughts and 
feelings about it because if you were as enraged as both Tracy and I were, then you are on the side of right. Trust me. You're with friends here. <laughs> yes. One last thing that I wanted to touch on um, for this was I mentioned in the beginning that I kind of took a tally of how many times they mentioned Kaylee's name because I thought that was very important to note because in my mind, it needs to be centered around Kaylee and not Casey or George for that matter. And I, I'm not going to lie. I did stop tallying at part three. Well, a little bit into part three because I was just so aggravated with the type of accusations they were saying. But for a three-part documentary where both parts were about an hour and a half long, all three parts, they only said Kaylee's name about 15 times. What the hell? And I think that that is... If you look at just the number objectively, that is a big number. It's double digits. But in the sense that in the first part, I made sure to bracket this off. She's only mentioned six times by name. That's it. That's heartbreaking. Like, I feel like her name needs to be spoken a lot more. And... I will say this is only the amount of times that Casey said Kaylee's name because I think that that's important to the way that Casey feels about her daughter. We're led to believe that she's supposed to be this emotional person. She's very distraught about what happened to her daughter 10 years later. But in flashback to those 10 years before, the public persona of her was that she didn't care and so she never got emotional she never really mentioned Kaylee's name she didn't really say or talk about Kaylee that much in those 10 years it was always just whenever I mean I've seen a few uh of the recordings of when she was in jail if anybody tried to really bring up Kaylee she would be like "Ugh, what's even the point like why do you want to talk about her it was very like very much like stop talking about my daughter that disgusts me mm -hmm. so i thought that that was a good thing to mention um because from the start the documentary should have always been about kaylee and they did not make that about her and she was done dirty in this documentary the fact that her name was mentioned less than 20 times Mm -hmm. And episodes that spans an hour and a half each is sickening. Mm -hmm. That then I I don't even have words. Like I thought it, I wasn't of course tallying, but I thought it would be a lot more than yeah. Than so did I. Times when I had heard, uh, it was the girl Swoop. She does YouTube documentaries. She actually just did one recently. Um. She just did one on Andrew Tate, actually. Oh, um, I hate that guy, side note. Yes. Um, so when Swoop, who's a YouTube documentary person, who she recently just did a documentary about Andrew Tate, who just got arrested for sex trafficking, might I add, um, she was doing one on the 
Casey Anthony documentary and she had mentioned that Kaylee's name mentioning from Casey's mouth was very little, few and far between. And I just, it's very important to note. It's, I think, one of the most important parts of this documentary to note. I 100% agree. That needs to be said. Um, I want to give a huge, another huge shout out to Tracy. Thank you so much for joining me on Jules Just Vibes. If anybody wants to listen to the Casey Anthony episode that Tracy did on her Cause of Crime podcast, that is episode 13 um, on her podcast. She's It's episode 13 out of currently 25. There, you're bussing. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. Um, in the future, I will actually be a guest also on Cause of Crime, and I'm very thankful that Tracy is letting that happen. I think that would be, it's going to be really fun. And, uh, when that is set, I will give you guys a heads up on JJV when that is and give you some links and also all the links for Cause of Crime to where to reach her, her website, causeofcrime.com and all of her socials, Cause of Crime pod on all socials will be down in the description of this episode. So Definitely. You're too kind to me. (laughs) Give her a check out. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and I'm gonna I'm gonna go a gush a little bit. Tracy here started Cause of Crime before I started Jules Just Fives on the audio format, and she is actually the person that pushed me and gave me the uh the like push to get into doing audio podcasts. Cause before JJV was on Twitch and it wasn't the vibes. This is now the vibes. So it is all thanks to her that JJV exists. And so thank you, thank you, thank you, Tracy, for being my best friend and for pushing me. Oh, my God. You just warmed my heart right there. <laughs> me, love you. I'm so happy. I love you. <laughs> You're my best friend in the world. And I will always be here to push you in the best way. I love it. And you're thriving. Like, oh. this is perfect. 30, flirty and thriving, even though I'm 31. <laughs> you know what? Let's, 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 let's not talk about those little numbers that don't matter <laughs> true all right everybody thank you again for tuning in to jules just vibes if you want to send any feedback or suggest any media for me to review you can go onto my website julesjustvibes.com and then if you want to dm me or see any offline updates for jules just vibes hit me up on twitter at jules just vibes say it again tracy Jules just vibes. Perfect. All right. I'll see you guys in the next one. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. Yay.